Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. 1, 2, 3, read. Yes. Amen. We're in a new series called Manhood. And so we're going to be four weeks getting it in on manhood. Somebody say manhood. manhood. And that's the title of today's message. Manhood. Say manhood. manhood. Let's go. Father, we thank you. We thank you for being the one who gives order to our lives and direction to us. And so God, I pray that you would blow yet again, as you did in the other gatherings of sending that strength and grace and clarity and in spirit empowerment that gives us ears to hear, hearts to receive, feet to walk in and preaching to be proclaimed. God, we trust you, believe you for this and for so many things that you're going to do through in the course of this series unless you come back earlier, which we welcome at any time, God. But God, I pray that you bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Let them be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're in a um, society <coughs> today where I believe that there's great opportunity but there's also a challenging imbalance. <clears throat> because of the past of how patriarchal, if you will, <laughs> our society has been <clears throat> over the last um, uh, uh, 80 years, and particularly since in the last 45 or 50, or 45, uh, 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 48 years, there's been a resurgence in passion for women to have equal rights, which I'm down with. Amen, somebody. Yet I think that in the midst of looking for equal rights, there's also been a marring of function. And so in light of that reality, um, uh, we believe here that men and women are created uh, by God equal, as we'll see in the text. But we also believe that there are things that we can functionally do that's the same, but there are some distinctions that make us specifically male and female. And in some of that and in that reality, as we begin to walk through and function in, in, in those realities in a society that wants to make everything egalitarian as it pertains to men and women, it can affect the beauty of the differences that God created man and woman to engage in. And those differences are to be celebrated, not to be hated. 
And, and, and on some of those differences, women are made to feel like they're less than man. And some ways that those differences, man is felt like these, he's, he's better than woman, but, but there's no need for anyone to feel like they're better than anyone. Because when you're in the sweet spot that God has placed you in, when you're in the place that God supposed that you're supposed to be in, and you are walking in everything that God wants you to walk in, you don't have to try to grab for anything that God hasn't given to you. You can fruitfully and freely walk where God has want you to walk because it's best. We are at our best when we're doing and being what God wants us to be. Amen. And in the framework of that reality, we see that manhood has been under crisis. And I, even in developing a series this time, we've done a manhood series a couple of times here. And um, th this time has been uh, where I've been struggling with a lot of alignment of what's going on as it pertains to men. But I knew that we needed to do a series on it just to kind of encourage men and strengthen men in every single area of their lives. And so when we look at this idea of manhood and we're looking at this text, before we dive into it, I have a few introductory things I want to say. One of the things that's interesting about this text is that the questions that we ask after the fall as key life questions, God already inferentially answers when he created us. In other words, three questions that people always ask, who am I? What's my value? And what's my purpose? Who am I? What's my value? And what's my purpose? In God innately creating man, he already answers those questions by not answering the questions, but by fulfilling the answers within us. Yeah. That's the beauty of, of God. God already innately put in us particular desires that if without him, we'd have to ask questions about it. Um, but in us, when you trust Christ, those things are fulfilled in, in beautiful ways. And so we talk about the mandate of masculinity and why, why, why is this so important? We need men to be biblical men. <laughs> there is nothing, I heard one sister say, there's nothing more fine, Pastor, than, she said, than a, a man of God. And then she said, hallelujah, after that. <laughs> like to put the stamp on it. And um, when we talk about godly manhood, I know that the manhood and womanhood studies have been under a little scrutiny lately, theologically, because people say, well, holiness for a man and a woman is the same. Yes, it is the same. But there are some ways in which through our experiences, there are distinctions between us um, that we need to begin to talk about because, because, you know, it's funny. People will say, man, we need men for certain things. Then you do something on manhood. Then they end up saying, well, can a woman do that too in that particular place? But then they're asking me to pray for them about a spouse. So I'm saying, and then somebody's asking me for leadership in their home. So if there's no distinction between men and women, why are you asking me to pray for your husband, for him to be a leader in your home if there's no difference between you too because you all are all equal on every front. No, there are some God innate distinctives that God has placed in you as a woman and him as a man that we are supposed to rightfully look for in each other. And so when we look at the reality of, of that, and that's God given. That's not man taking, that's God given. And those are good things. And don't let anyone ever make you think skewed. I like the way my brother says in the masculine mandate, he says, the spiritual man placed in a real world. Stop right there. I just gotta get that definition. We're gonna get in this text. I just gotta get his introduction. And um, I, I like the fact he said a real world because brothers, let's be honest. We some fantasy cats. 
We'd be up on some comprehensive mental fantasy visualizations. And, 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 and God wants us to not live in the fantasy world. He wants us to live in the real world. Now don't say in your mind, well, the women watch novels and read novels, so they have fantasies too. No, our fantasies be on some other stuff. It's a, amen. 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 I got one helper in here. Amen. Amen. If ain't nobody going to else help me preach, Brother Reggie going to help me preach it. And so, so, so living in a real world, we're going to talk about that next week, or uh, I think the week after. I'm trying to keep this at four weeks. I'm trying. <laughs> I got some more help over here. I got some more help over here. I love y'all life, man. I'll tell you. Then he says, God defined relationships. Let me come back to this. Are y'all talking with me still? Yes. He says, God defined relationships. All of this, this is such a good definition. Reason why I like God defined relationships is because many of us have relationships with no definitions on them. Let me give you an example. Um, sister, how you doing? How you doing, sis? Can I take you, take you out? Okay. And um, y'all go out. Then six months later, <laughs> I just don't know where we're going. Where are we going in this relationship? Hold on. I never said this was a relationship. When did I ever say this was a relationship? Man, you just been chilling together, kicking it together, but you had your arm around me and you kissed me. That's more than, but then, no, 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 no. I kiss all my friends. Oh, you do? And you know what I'm saying? Then, but see, this is, this is what a, I wish my wife was in here. Because the, the Bible says people without vision are unrestrained. So, so, so a God-defined relationships mean you put vision, a man puts vision and direction on everything in his life. And so this, this, how, this how you go at that. I'm going to pretend this is my wife because I don't want to look at nobody, you know, right now. How, how you doing? Um, man, I've been watching you at Life Group. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would really love to spend more time with you. Um, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd love to take you to La Colombe, the one down in Fishtown, you know, the, the flagship location. They have some French cuisine in there. And we can sit down. I don't know if you like pour overs. I don't know what you like, but I order what you like. And it's on me. You don't, you don't have to worry about anything. Um, but let me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. And you grab her hand. Um, amen. Um, and you say, you know, um, let me just, let me just, I know how it can be when someone tries to talk to you and your mind can be all over the place and you're unclear at what am I getting at by even initiating contact with you. The reason why I'm initiating contact with you is because I watched you long enough to see that you're marriage material. Now, I'm not proposing today, but what I am proposing. <laughs> see? <laughs> what, what, what I am proposing is I am proposing, I'm, I'm, I am proposing that we get to know each other in the realm of accountability and clear directives and goals. And my goal for getting to know you is not an aimless relationship, but to have a well biblically defined relationship by which we're moving towards marriage. And I'm not pursuing anybody else, so you don't have to worry about being confused about why I'm talking to her and why I'm over there with her. But I, my eyes, sister, look at my eyes, look at my eyes, look at my eyes. 
my eyes are on you. Now, I know your dad's in North Carolina. I want to ask his permission. Is it okay to begin this process of talking to you? Because I know later on I may become your covering, but right now he's your covering. So I want to God, I want to honor God's God-ordained steps in order to help us to have ordered steps from the beginning to build a healthy relationship. Will you go out with me? That's called God-defined relationships. Men never leave people wondering. You don't leave your children wondering. You don't leave your wife wondering. You don't leave your family wondering, right? We're clear, right? And so I got to dig in. First point of four. As a man, number one, you must have restored identity. Restored identity. Remember the who am I question. It's interesting. God answers that right here in verse 26. He answers that question before man is ever created. I love this. Before man is created, he discusses the, the, the who. Look at what he does. He says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth. The creatures that crawl on earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. Three things right here we see. We see three, not three things, three times. We see him mentioning the image of God. I'm going to break that down in a second. One of the things that it's not saying here is that woman's image of God is, she created the image of God through man being in the image of God. That's not what it's saying. He created both of them in his image. Right. So, so, so that, that's what this verse is actually not inferring, but making clear. OK, because some people have used this verse as a way to to deface women in a way that's ungodly. Right. Because uh, uh, um, man is not woman's mediator. Amen. 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 So what do we mean when we say we say, when we say um, image of God? It's very, very important that we understand what the image of God means. Um, God has, let's, let's, before you understand the image of God, you gotta talk about God. Because you can't understand what you're imaging until you know the one who you're reflecting. So, so God has two types of attributes that we know of. Like, let me just say, our systematic theologies and biblical theologies aren't the summation of who God is. Please hear me, okay? But God has, uh, in, uh, uh, he, he has two types of, he has incommunicable attributes and communicable attributes. His incommunicable attributes are his attributes that make him him. That means God is, he's what we call eternal finitude, infin, infinitude. You know, every service I've been wanting to say in, to infinity and beyond, because you know you got kids, you know you think about Buzz Lightyear. <clears throat> but, 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 but God is, from the, I like the way Psalm 90 verse two says, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I love that, I love that. But not only that, God is unchangeable. That means in his nature and in the essence of who he is, he doesn't change, right? Right. But also he's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He's all those things. Now, no matter how cool or cute you think you are, you're none of those. You're not eternal. You're not eternal in the same sense, in the sense of eternally filling time and space. Right. You're, you're not unchangeable. Lord have mercy. 
Some of us changed from yesterday. (laughs) Right? So, so we're not unchangeable, right? However, there are communicable attributes. Somebody say communicable attributes. Now, God's communicable attributes are those attributes that he allows man to share or image without being him, but they re- we reflect them in a microwave from his macro. Are you hearing me? So, 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 so stuff like grace and love and mercy and peace, those are things that, that, that we image of God. Now, now, now the issue is this. Um, non-believers, you say, well, non-believers have love. Well, they do, but it's defaced, but not erased. What do we mean? After the fall, um, they have those same attributes yet without God. So they'll show those attributes and they'll kind of look like they're imaging God, but the difference is it's disconnected from God. But in Christ through the gospel, when you get saved, Christ reframes the face of the image of God back on your life. I'm preaching to somebody today. Uh, I I, I, I was with the Pentecostal people last week. They liked that part. Um, and, 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 And what's interesting, though, is this is guess what that tells me about manhood? That when you're in Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be the best man on the planet. The best at everything. You're the best at seeking peace in broken relationships. That's what you were created to be like. You're supposed to be the best single men. The best. The example of singleness, we should look at a single man and say, bow. We just go, when you, next time you see somebody, just go, bow, don't even, don't, don't tell them I didn't shoot at you, just affirming some stuff. Bow, you got it, right? We should be the best lovers. I just almost spoke in tongues right there, amen. We're supposed to be the best fathers, the best husbands, why? Because Jesus Christ restored us to the image of God, which gives us what is needed in order to image God at its best. So when anyone wants to see a human being at their best, they should be looking at Christians. But many times in the world we look in and we live in, uh, humanity at its best many times is seen in Christianity. But that wasn't our original purpose as believers. And so when God created man in his likeness and his image, he wanted to make sure that we were walking in our representation of him, our relationship with him, and our responsibility of him. If you want a breakdown of that, there's a book called Manhood Restored that you can read. Amen. 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 Next, next point. Next point. Restored capacity or restoration of our capacity. That's what that's what God does in Jesus. Right. (laughs) He restores our capacity. He said, and God bless them. Stop right there. This is dope. Because when he talks about bless, bless is the opposite of cursed. Okay. now I know that that sounds elementary, but cursed means basically uh, 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 um, um, to 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 have uh, what I would call potential uh, uh, sterilized or removed. Right. But 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 blessing means you're, you're able you have capacity and potential innately. That means that God doesn't tell you to do anything that he doesn't invest capacity within you to do. 
So when he says he blessed them, that means everything surrounding them, he surrounds them with favor. It's the endowment, if you will, the, in, the full endowment of the ability to en enact whatever God wants you to do. So one of the things that's very, very important is don't hide in favor. What do I mean? Or blessing or potential or capacity. Because what can happen as a man, we like, one of the things that men we like, many of us are, I ain't gonna ask you to raise your hands, uh, we like words of encouragement. When you like words of encouragement, uh, you know, you like to be the man of potential. And so men that like walking, like being viewed as good in potential, being potentially whatever, they bask in the potential without applying anything. So what ends up happening is that's why a lot of men become noncommittal. Because they like it. Oh, you such a good man. Oh, you da 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 da. Oh, da, da, da. And you hear that all the time. But then when you got to be with one person and they actually get to see the real you, they'll see how much the potential that was marketed is practical. Because marketed potential is different than practical potential. But, but that's not to beat you up, man of God, because you, weren't, you were never meant to just be a trophy to look at. You were meant to be a full-bodied specimen to reflect the glory of God beyond potential. And so many times, though, in our lives as men, we don't experience the blessing um, be, be, because we don't, we, we don't flesh out the full-bodied nature of all that God has for us in us. Yeah. Now, this is not talking about self-potential and a self-help message. We're talking about when, in, in, in the gospel, Christ restores everything back to us, but now we got to practically walk that out. That's why it says, work out, not for your salvation with, soul, with, with fear and trembling. Reminds me of this, um, of not maximizing potential. I got a program on my computer, so on all my phones. I got about 5,000 books on this called Lagos. I've been using Lagos for like 20 years, 20 years. And, um, you know, I, I had gotten used to the way the program was set up, and now I did okay with it. Um, then um, they upgraded, and then when they upgraded, I was still using it after the upgrade the way I did before the upgrade experience. So I literally could do all of these different things and didn't know that I could do them because I was so, I wanted to remain comfortable in what I was used to and how I was using it. So what ended up happening as I went to a Lagos Bible software camp and what they began to do is they began to teach me and they showed me all these things you could do. You put a word in, all of a sudden charts just show up. I'm like, I'm like, look at the, they showed the Greek word, the Hebrew word, they parsed it, show you the lemma, show you the epistemology of the word, and then it opens up all these different books and categories, it parses it for you, lets you know whether it's a present, active, indicative, whether it's an heiress, second heiress, first heiress, imperative, I like all that. Wow. You know, I'm like, dang, I didn't know it could do all that. I was doing all, a, a lot of this kind of manually, kind of, right? And I had to go get certain books, and I still like to touch physical books, but, 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 but when I travel, I definitely need my Lagos. And so when I'm in there, I just was sitting there like, man, I can't believe I had all of this at my fingertips. And I was using it in a way that's less than what the manufacturer made this to be used. That's the same way your manhood is, gentlemen. Many times we use our manhood on a lesser level than God has appointed you in Christ to walk in your manhood. And you should be encouraged and strengthened to know that, 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 that it's time off for of games, fellas. The, the, listen, the world is waiting for us. 
The sisters is waiting for us. Some of y'all got children that are still waiting for you and it's not too late for you to be the man. That, but, but guess what? You is waiting on you. You, you, you yourself, you're waiting on you to be the man. Know what I like about Christ? It says in 2 Peter 1, 3, it says, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So when you get saved, God is downloaded onto your hard drive. He's created, he's the manufacturer, as we always say, has given you a new operating system. And since he's given you a new operating system, you should be willing to maximize that. Uh, also, it kind of reminds me of the whole Kobe and Shaq days, you know. Shaq, I mean, uh, uh, I mean the Black Mamba, he's just a monster. And when you're talking about a dude that was maximizing his potential, I mean, that dude shooting 100, 250 shots a day before and after practice. He's, he's doing all, practice jumps to make sure it's vertical, all these different things. <clears throat> so Shaq, would, he would get mad because Shaq would come to practice with a Big Mac and a quarter pounder, some fries and an orange drink. You know, he up there, he got a trainer, he got all this. He's like, man, what are you doing, bro? You know, we trying to get these championships, you know? And, uh, and Shaq was like, Looking like that, right? You know, just laughing at him. And but Shaq would go out and he would put in work. But 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 Kobe was frustrated because he said he said Shaq, without you even eating right and working out like you're supposed to, you killing. But you you shooting free throw shots with your fingertips, hitting the backboard and busting stuff open. Like he like, what if you learn how to actually shoot? How many games we've lost because you didn't maximize your own personal potential? So they ended, up, they ended up splitting. And what ended up happening, um, Shaq got to the heat because Shaq know he ain't had Kobe no more. So he had to get that weight up or weight down, shall I mean? He came in that zone shreddified. You know, big old seven something walking out, clack, 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 arms was glistening. He going like this and you know how Shaq be going and everything. You know, and, 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 and we were like, why did Shaq work out? Because, because what he was depending on for his ability to be Loxy Daisy is now taken out of his life. Yeah. And now he has to be a man for himself. Yeah. What in your life is your crutch from you maximizing your manhood to the glory of Jesus? Well, what in your life? Is it your mama? She emailed you, call you, she texts you five, ten times a day. Come on now. Y'all got quiet on that part. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. And so um, God wants us to be able as men to be able to go beyond capacity. Look at what it says next. Restoration of productivity. I love that. Restoration of productivity. Look what it says. Be fruitful. <coughs> multiply. Fill the earth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Beautiful. Be fruitful is going beyond capacity and potential, but it's actually, fruitfulness is blessing in action. Oh, that was good. Fruitfulness is blessing in action. So what do we mean by that? Now, we're not just, it's not just being endowed with blessing. Fruitfulness is now walking in obedience to God and experience the actual results of the reason why he invested in you. 
right? And so here in context, of course, th th semantically it's focused on uh, uh, reproduction of human beings, but inferentially and applicationally, the reproduction of human beings would also mean what it will talk about later about subduing and ruling will automatically, the fruit of it will be the development of the entire earth. Why? In other words, God didn't multiply for man. He gave him the capacity for fruitfulness. He gave him capacity for multiplication. And he gave him capacity for filling. But he didn't do it for him. He did it through him. Wow, that's good. That's, that's so, I'm telling you, this is key. And so there are things that are at your fingertips that God wants to bless that you have to move in. That you have to move in. One of the things that I had to do in my life <coughs> to maximize my capacity is I had to lay out what were my core competencies. As I began working on my core competencies, and I began saying, look, I had like 20 things. I think I was talking to one of my staff about it, shepherding them through something. And I had like 20 things that I could do that I was doing, I was on this board and I was on that and I was on this and I was asking myself and the spirit of God almost, I felt like he was saying to me, you're doing a lot and you can do a lot, but the question is, are you fruitful? And I was all over the place doing it, everybody else. And one preacher said to me, he said, man, you can help everybody else build their thing, but the thing that God has specifically called you to at the end of your life, will you have built what he told you? That shook my life up. I listed these 20 things and God narrowed it down to three to five things. This God said you need to be vision, and, and we talking about vocational, not just practical family. That's a whole nother list, right? But, but I needed to be visioning, I needed to be preaching, teaching, equipping, training, uh, 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 um, and I needed to be writing. I, that's, that's what God was like, those, those are the things you need to be doing. Everything in, my, in your life is built around those three things as it pertains to your ministry vocation that you need to be doing. And if you're not doing them and maximize, if, if the thing that you're doing is not connected to those three things, it's an easy no for you. The key to fruitfulness, you can't, you can't just go over and just graze all kind of fields. Like, I'm going to just graze over here, graze over here, and then I'll just scatter seed all over the place. No. Have you ever seen a, 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 a cornfield with a few pieces of corn over here, a few pieces of corn over there, and a few pieces of... No, 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 no. It's a focused rose that you got to put everything in, and, and that crop nurtures. Even after you take it down, that soil is still developed based on the crop that you pulled, if you know anything about cropping. And so that's what our lives are like. If you're going to be fruitful, that's why you can only deal with one woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, well, I'm talking about it when we talk about um, when we talk about getting our sexual life under control because we don't have a sermon on that. Y'all ain't say no amens on everybody. Like, <laughs> like you look terrified. Jesus, help us. But when it comes to being fruitful, <clears throat> when it comes to be fruitful in your life, that you you have to narrow where you're planting. And so in relationships, that's why you weren't built to have five and four and six women. We're going to talk about that when we get to Proverbs 5, why that's foolishness. We're going to talk about why porn is not, foolish, is not fruitful, rather. It is foolish. Don't, please, fix that. <laughs> please fix that. Um, but, 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 but one of the things that God wants you to do and I to do is to get stuff done by focusing and being fruitful in a particular vineyard. You got to stop spreading your seed everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. 
And, 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 so, and so when he says be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply, he wants multiplication in your life. He wants abundance of quality and quantity in the fields that you plant in. And, and, and that's, that's his man. And, and, and then he wants, he wants the earth to be filled with his glory. That sphere that you're in, he wants his glory to fill it. And that's why I had to focus. That was, when we started focusing, we started playing churches. We started focusing, I was able to write more books. We started focusing, we was able to build our staff. We was able to focus, the church grew. When, when focus, a lot of people and a lot of things around you depend on you focusing. If you start a business today, and then all of a sudden you're not doing that, then I'm going to do this next tomorrow. Then I'm going to start a t-shirt company. Then I'm going to go over here. Then I'm going to do that. And see, what happens is, it, oh God, I've got my head on myself. But what ends up happening is, is your life is filled with a, with a bunch of undeveloped fields. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our lives weren't meant to be filled with a bunch of undeveloped fields. We, 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 we're supposed to be, and some people have, now this is key, and I'm, this is not even part of the message. Some people have one field capacity. Some people have three field capacity. Some people have five field capacity. But don't covet someone else's field capacity and try to walk out of your lane. Because many of us as men, we think bigger is better. So since he got five, I got to have five. No, 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 no. God may want you to maximize the one. And the quality of your fruit is going to be legendary. Even though they got five and they got more. Anyway, I got to move. Last but not least. Oh, I got to finish that part. I got to finish that. Wait, back to this point. I'm sorry. One of the things we're focusing, one of the things that I try to help my sons do it's complete stuff. Ain't nothing like incomplete. Take out the trash. Did you take out all the trash, son? Yes. You go up in this room. There's no the trash not taken out. This is not taken out. And, and one of the things I tell my sons is I say, listen, listen, you may, not th you may think that the way I'm on your neck all the time is it has no meaning. But minor incompletes leads to larger incompletes. And I said, if you have a pattern of not finishing stuff, you will never be fruitful. And I said, son, I'm trying to train you for fruitfulness. So when I say take out the trash, that means you may even want to go in the fridge and see if some stuff need to be thrown out. You understand what I'm saying? You, when I say take out the trash, you mean, uh, let, me, let me see, let me see, let me dust it. Let me, I'm, I'm looking everywhere. Because, because one of the things I, I, I want to train my boys to do is I want them to understand the extent of something. And how, and, how, and how God always blesses, maximize fruitful obedience. Look at Joseph. When he was in Potiphar's house, he was, he was literally, I mean, he was, he was a slave. But he didn't look at his condition as a ceiling to his potential. Oh, I got to move. Because Jesus completed stuff. Real simple. He was born. Now we laugh, but he made a decision to be born. So he had to jump in her womb. Jesus made a decision to complete being baptized. How do I know? Because John said, nah, Jesus said, yes, it's good for me to complete all forms of righteousness. Not only that, Jesus' healings and his preaching, um, guess what that was? That's Isaiah 61. In order that what the prophet said may be fulfilled, the work of each other, complete on the cross. To tell us die, it is finished. Jesus completed stuff. Then he says, I'm coming back again. So Jesus still has stuff to complete. Our Lord is a completer. 
and he doesn't make incomplete people. That's why I tell people to get married. This is my better half. God don't make halves. God make two holes. You become one, but your oneness is based on a whole. If you got two halves, you still got a half. All right. Anyway. And then it goes down and then we say we see it in the last thing and I'm done. Restoration of drive. I'm done. He says here, he says, and sub, he said, subdue it and rule it. I'm done. <clears throat> um, one of the things that's important for a man to know his identity, but then to maximize capacity and not only maximize capacity, to maximize fruitfulness, you got to have some drive. Listen, the word rule, I mean, the word subdue is an interesting word. It means to bring under one's control for God's glory. To bring something under your control for God's glory. That's what it means. <clears throat> so, so God has built you to subdue stuff. That means, like when dudes tell me they got free time, I'm confused. We got a bunch of free time. Driven men have to create me time. That's driven men because your life is full of fruitfulness. Yeah. And, so, and so when we talk about this idea of this, men are supposed to be filled with this reality of going out and subduing. Now that the fall has happened, there's a theology we'll talk about later called chaos and cosmos. The, the, the chaos is stuff where the enemy tries to destroy something. Cosmos is God entering in to bring it order to it. You see it from Genesis to Revelation. I just read a beautiful theolo biblical theology on chaos and cosmos. Beautiful theology on it. it talks about how the earth was tohu vuvohu. God came into the chaos and created cosmos. I love it. In Egypt, God's people were in chaos in Egypt, but he came in and they came out a mixed multitude organized with stuff, cosmos. And over and over and over again, in the time of the judges, everybody did what's right in their own eyes. God raises up a prophet in the midst of the chaos and the prophet Samuel brings cosmos. Over and over and over again, during David's reign, because of all types of sin, chaos came again. But then Charlemagne, his, uh, 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 Solomon, which is where there's a play on peace, he brought cosmos. He created chaos over and over and over again. And ultimately, Jesus is the ultimate one in the midst of chaos happening over and over and over again that can bring eternal cosmos by stopping chaos from ever happening again. So guess what men are supposed to do? We're supposed to be creative in our creativity of cosmos. Let's go ahead and look at this video that lays that out for us. And what they're being transformed into is making a difference in the community. Coco McElroy shows you how the group behind it is hoping the work will have a lasting impact. In this quiet midtown neighborhood on 14th Street, there's a clear sign of growth. We're kind of embedding ourselves into the community here. Eric Andrews grew up in the neighborhood over the years, some of the land has been deserted. It was pretty much abandoned, tires, it was, it was not used at all. Andrews had a vision for what the neighborhood could be. We brainstormed what to do about the land. What better than to do than the farm? The idea for Peace Tree Parks then came to fruition. Peace Tree Parks is a, is a nonprofit organization started right here in Detroit with the goal to just encourage citizens to be healthier. This once vacant patch of land was transformed into a community garden. We grow fruit. We grow out two apple trees, a nectarine tree, a peach tree. Watermelon, cantaloupe, and all kinds of vegetables are also harvested. Kale, cabbage, and broccoli are the main things we grow as our pool of the crops. Andrews and his team expanded their reach to more people, building dozens of backyards. That's what he's made to do. 
That's a beautiful example. The chaos of a broken place and having a vision that God can organize that thing and change it and turn. That's what our lives are supposed to fill with. The chaos in your life is really an opportunity for you to submit to God and let him bring cosmos to it. And he'll do it in his name. Father, we thank you and we honor you. We thank you in advance that you are able and willing to shape and transform and fuel our lives for your work. God, I pray that you would touch us to know that Christ Jesus is the one who is able to change our chaos, turn it into cosmos. And maybe someone here, you don't even realize. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.